Welcome to the Nova Church's podcast. We are a vibrant, dynamic, multicultural church in Alexandria, Virginia. Join us at 11 a.m. on Sundays. For more information, go to www.thenovachurch.com. We're excited to share this week's message with you. God bless. Psalms 127 and 1, while you're turning there, so, so, so excited to be back in service this morning. How many of you know that when you get to heaven, Isaiah the prophet said when he's seen the throne, he's seen angels surrounding the throne, and that's all they said was holy, holy, holy. If you read Isaiah chapter 6, you will find that account. The prophet literally describes this uh, amazing picture that he sees the Lord on his throne and people are crying, holy, holy, holy. The angels are crying, holy, holy, holy. Amen. We serve a holy God. Amen. 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 Psalms 127 and 1 is where we're going to go this morning. And again, uh, if you've got it, say, say, I got it. I got it. All right. Psalms 127.1 says this. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Amen. I want to preach to you today on the subject of Lord build my house. Lord build my house. Amen. And uh, before you're seated, turn around to somebody and say, Lord... I want the Lord to build my house. And then you may be seated. Amen. There is a law in science which is a very interesting law. Uh, It basically summarizes, says everything left unto itself, eventually will break down. And uh, in other words, it it doesn't get better with time. Sometimes you like to think things get better with time. As someone that's aging and getting older, and the people under the sound of my voice in this room will definitely testify to this, is that as you get older, things aren't necessarily getting better. Can I get a witness, somebody, right? Where you are... Uh, feeling aches and pains and places you didn't feel aches and pains. Can I get a witness in the house? And uh, you, you get tired a little easier and you're just exhausted a little quicker. And, and boy, oh boy, it takes a little longer to recover, if you will. And, and, uh, and, and there are things that basically it will break down over and over uh, it is the, the, the part of life that we understand is so true. And as much as I love the idea that uh, uh, things will get better if they leave, that's not always the case. Coffee does not get hotter the longer you let it sit there. It gets colder. A garden left unattended. I came back to my garden after being gone for a week and looks like some leaves are drooping over a little more because it's been neglected for a week. And Things do- often don't get better, but they will break down. And uh, I don't know about you, but if you go on vacation, you're so excited to go on vacation, right? And you come back from vacation, and guess what happens? You walk into work, uh, not tomorrow, but maybe Tuesday for some of y'all, and you're going to walk in, and, and you say, oh, I've got more work to do. It's a short work week because of Memorial Day, right? I, I've got more to do this week. I've got my same amount of work, but now I've got less time to do it. And uh, what we know is, is that uh, uh, we have to be careful on how we pursue things in our life because we have to be intentional to build and be intentional to, to nourish, be intentional to, to focus on things that matter. I believe we ought to focus on our spirituality and we need to focus on our devotions. We need to focus on our marriages and we need to focus on relationships and family and our home especially. I believe very clearly today on this Memorial Day weekend 
of 2019. The home is under attack spiritually. I believe that the devil has targeted homes. I believe that in a home, uh, 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 he will try to get a house to divide amongst itself. In fact, the Bible, Jesus said, a house divided will not stand, right? We understand that where there's division, division is destructive. Division destroys, amen? Division is never a good thing. I've never heard somebody say, oh, division's awesome. Yay, division, right? If you have division at your home, if you have division in your job, if you have division in a country, it is not good. It is a dangerous situation, amen, uh, because it is divisive. And what we understand is, is we want to understand that we've got to have holy homes and we've got to be intentional about our home and what we do in our home. And this is why we focus uh, Psalms 127 in our text tells us the value of the Lord being our builder and establishing how to build the house. And, and I want to uh, establish some things today that we've got to have homes that are holy and homes that are built on a firm foundation and homes that are secured because when a storm comes and the Bible says a storm comes, let me just tell you today is that the Bible gives a parable, Jesus gives a parable where there are a, a, a home that was built on sand and a home that's built on a rock. Both homes look good until the storm comes. Both homes, you can be deceived and say, oh, that's a great home until there's a little bit of adversity and a little bit of affliction and a little bit of trial and a little bit of turmoil, a little bit of stress test on the home. And that's when you find out whether the home is built on a solid and firm foundation. We must say today that building a home that is holy is not easy. Can I get a witness, somebody? Let me be very clear about what pastor is preaching today is that a home that is holy is not easy. A holy marriage is not easy. I do not get up here and, and deceive you or tell you, oh yeah, this is the, the two things, just check the box and this is going to be an easy road. But no, 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 I'm, I'm just telling you today that it takes some work, it takes some, some effort, it takes some, some intentionality in building a holy marriage and holy kids and a holy home and a holy life and, and building a holy home in spite of what the world is fighting us can be possible, but it is going to take some effort. And let me just say today, it's a fight to do that. It's a fight to, to raise some of those things. Say, don't do this. I, as a parent, uh, uh, we just went uh, on vacation, which let me just say, thank you to this awesome, amazing church. I'm so thankful for some of you that may not know, last year, the church, uh, I gave our, our, our family a vacation trip to Disney, which we had not been able to take, and it was awesome. It was so cool. It was, it was just amazing for my kids, and, and my little five-year-old daughter, four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Mia, she, she was on cloud nine, meeting the princesses and meeting the stuff, and, and, and my two-year-old, which she turned two on Tuesday, Cam, he was a whole different experience at Disney uh, as compared to the four-and-a-half-year-old. As, as, as she, was, she was willing to wait in a line 40 minutes to, to meet to, you know, uh, a Belle or to meet a princess. Cam, not so much. Uh, I, I felt like I was constantly saying, no, no, don't do this, don't do that. Stay here, Cam, don't go in front of you. You know, he would cut in front of lines at one point while waiting for Mickey he tried to leave the whole park, I think. Uh, we were waiting, and, and we thought it was a 30-minute wait. And uh, Cam, wait right here. And Cam, don't go there. And Cam, be a good boy. And Cam, don't do this. And Cam, don't touch that person. And Cam, get out of their stuff. And, and the whole time, I'm like, I'm going to beat this kid. It was very, very stressful. Pastor needs prayers, folks. I'm just going to be very honest today, all right? And I'm like, Cam, no, no, no. I feel like I've said no more than all, 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 my, all my year combined than I did this week with my kids. And, and, and I, I, was, I was fussing at him. And, and finally, he, he looked at me, and he got the look on his face where he knew, I know he knows what he's doing. He may play it off to some of y'all. Y'all come up to him. He's so sweet. He's got y'all fooled. I know him. I live with him. He looked at me. And then he turned around, and he's seen these little uh, aisles, because we were getting closer, and so there's the aisles of lines. He decided to, because he's so little, he just crawled right under the aisles and started to make a run for us. He said, no, Cam, come over here. Cam, come here, buddy. And he'd turn around, look at me, and he'd walk a few more steps. 
said, boy, if we weren't in this park right now. And he, he'd go a little further. Say, Cam, come here, buddy. And then, then you get desperate as a parent. And this is where he said, you, you want the phone? Come over here, buddy. Come to the phone, right? It's like, come on, buddy. What do, you, what do you want? You want the money? What do you want? Come over here. And at one point, he then decided, I'm out of here. And he took off down the road, and, and he, he went running out, and, and he was making it literally for an exit. And here I am climbing over these pillars, and I'm jumping these things, and it looked like I was in the Olympics trying to get this kid. And he was all the way over and down the hall and down the door, and all of a sudden the guy's going like this like he's a goalie. I picked that kid up. I was like, what's wrong with you? No, come on over here. I'm here today to tell you that building holy kids and holy homes and holy marriages and holy friendships and a holy life is not necessarily easy. It takes some intentionality, somebody. It takes some effort. And sometimes you got to say, don't do this and don't do that. And that's not right. And even though you may want to do this, you can't necessarily do this. I'm here today to applaud you for your commitment to the Lord and how you're conducting your life and in your house. And, and I want I want you to say that, that if you are a parent or you are in that, uh, it, it's not easy. And, and for our young adults that think it's easy, just wait till you get your own. For the parents that have kids, I'm sure you can say amen. Now, the people that have kids older than mine say, it's going to get better. I can't wait. <laughs> but what I know is, is this is that it's a, it's a task, it's a chore, it's, a, it's a, something that you've got to continually fuss with this. But, but let me just say this, is that our homes can have the presence of God in our homes. Our homes can have, have God's glory inside of them, where, where when people that don't have God come into their home and say, oh, I feel the peace of God in your home. I just feel something different. What you know is that's God's presence in your home. I'm here today to tell you that, that your kids can serve God. And your marriage can serve God. And, and you can do those things. But, but even though we have a holy home, it starts with a made-up mind. And we don't need a self-help book. I went to this bookstore in Richmond, on, uh, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a book fiend. It is my weak spot, okay? I, I went to this bookstore called Second and Charles. Anybody ever heard of it? Oh, my word, I never heard of this. My wife, they, they had a little... Uh, uh, a meetup with some of her friends, and they had a Chick-fil-A play place, and I was the only guy there. And I said, hey, what's that store? And she goes, it's a bookstore. And I said, oh, really? So I went over to the bookstore. There's books everywhere. And I was amazed as I was walking through all these books and how many self-help books. Let me just say something. We don't necessarily need a self-help book to have a holy life or to live. Well. What we need is, is we need God to help build a holy life. We need the Word of God to be the book that we're going to base our life on. Not somebody's opinion, not Dr. Phil, not Oprah, not a TV show, not a, not a club. What we need is the Word of God and the principles of God. If we're we're going to build a holy life. We don't necessarily need Bob the builder. We need God the builder. We need God to build every single aspect of our life. And that means dedicating and pleasing unto God. We want our homes to be pleasing unto Jesus. Somebody shout yes. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 7. The Bible says this. The wicked are overthrown and are no more. But the house of the righteous will stand. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 6 says, In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. That's a pretty powerful scripture. He said if you follow God, God's going to keep you. He's going to protect you. He's going he's to bless your home. I don't know about you, but I want my home blessed. I want my kids blessed. And there's a difference between just blessed. I want my marriage to be blessed. I don't know about you, but, but there's, there's a power in the blessing of God. The blessing of God will provide. The blessing of God will protect. The blessing of God will keep you. And sometimes it will keep you from stuff that you may never know. But that's the power of the blessings of God is that when you get the blessings of God on your home and the blessings of God on your marriage, things just happen. And all of a sudden it keeps you from stuff and it keeps you protected from things that very well could be detrimental or devastating. I'm here today to tell you that we want to seek the blessing of God. We want to be intentional about the blessing of God. When you are blessed by God, 
things just happen. Doors open for you. There's, there's times where God will confirm his will. And all of a sudden he'll say, well, I don't know how you got the job. There's 20 other candidates, but here you go. It's the blessings of God. It's the blessings of God that all of a sudden your kids got favor with their teacher. It's the blessings of God that all of a sudden you get into a program that you shouldn't have been into. And all of a sudden there's a pilot program. And hey, we need somebody. All of a sudden God begins to move somebody out of the way and put you in it. That's the blessings of God moving and protecting. There's a power when God builds it. How do you get the blessing of God? You have to have a righteous home. You got to be righteous and seek after righteousness and seek after his, his, what pleases him. When you are blessed by God, God will open doors up that you didn't even say, I didn't even mean to that happen. It just happened. Can I get a witness, somebody? See, oftentimes we mix this up is that we just correlate blessings with prosperity but blessings always isn't just prosperity. Blessings is also protection. Blessings isn't necessarily material goods. Blessings is, God, I'm thankful that I can feel peace in the middle of everything else collapsing around me when everything else is lost, when I don't know where to go and I don't know where to turn and I don't know the answer and I don't know the midnight, I'm in the midnight hour and I'm in the valley and I don't know what else to do. Let me tell you something. Blessings is I feel the presence and peace of God right Right here, right now, that's the blessings of God, somebody. But we do know that sometimes God will bless just because if people are righteous and they are blessed. We find this uh, a holy home, and, uh, and actually there, there are times that you can affect people because of your passion and your holiness. See, let me just mess with your theology for a moment. How you live can actually affect who you live with. Mm, let me get all up on that. Okay, I'm going to unbutton the coat. It's about to get serious up in here. And it's hot up in this mug. We need to talk to them about some AC. Can I get a witness up in here, right? Woo, glory. We need to talk to our custodian. Tell her to turn that down. Or hear me right now. Who you, how you conduct yourselves will affect who's, who lives with you and who you work with and who's around you. Can I give you Bible for it? Let me drop some Bible on you. Jacob was blessed by God even when he was living in the house of Laban, who deceived him and lied to him. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 30, and you will find in Genesis 30, like 28 through 20 through 31 or 32, we find that Jacob is serving. Now remember, Jacob served seven years for what he thought was the right wife, and he woke up and said, whoa, 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 wrong one. This isn't the wife I thought. Some of you all are just getting the picture if you've never heard that story. It's a pretty interesting one, right? Your mind can go a whole bunch of different directions. Some of you have some funny looks on your face. So you're saying, wait a second, I've never heard that one, Pastor. Yeah, it's in there. Read it, right? But wait. So he wakes up and finds, hey, this isn't the right wife. Whoa, wrong one. And he goes to Laban. He says, wait, I, I, served, for, I served seven years. You gave me the wrong daughter. Well, he said, oh, that's not how we do it in this house. Now, Laban was actually his, his uncle through a different side of the family. And, and, and yeah, it's greater than a whoops. Can I get a witness? Somebody? That's a really big oops. Whoa, no, no, no. And, and, and so he said, oh, that's, that's actually how we work here. He said, we, the older one has to go first. If you actually want my younger daughter, who you, who you thought you were getting, you have to serve another seven years. Can you imagine somebody? Laban rips him off, deceives him. And as Laban does this injustice to Jacob, Jacob is blessed by God. He's got the blessings of God on his life. So much so that Genesis chapter uh, uh, 30 begins to describe Jacob now serves the 14 years. And the Bible says Jacob's ready to go. He's ready to get out of the house. He's ready to say, I'm ready to go on my own. And he says in Genesis 30 and 30, for you had little before I came, but it has increased abundantly and the Lord blessed you wherever I turned. He said, God's blessed you just because I'm blessed. Hear me today, somebody. God can bless you and bless people around you. And they don't even have to be, they are a byproduct of the blessing of God because of how you live. You can have peace of God and it can permeate your home. You can have peace of God and it can permeate your work. Can I get a witness? Somebody? You can begin to get favor with people. They say, I don't know how you got favor with them. It's the blessings of God because God builds the house. He'll begin to bless things and open open doors that should have never been open. You'll begin to have an abundance of things begin to happen to you because of 
the blessing of God. We understand that God will bless those things. And while I'm at it, I ought to just tell you this, is that Jacob, once he was blessed, he left. And, and if you read the verse before, I believe in Genesis 30 and 20, actually Laban says, whatever you want, name your price, I'll give it to you. Just to stay. Laban's a smart man, yo. People think Laban's just a dope. No, 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 Laban is brilliant. Because Laban sees the blessings of God. And he says, whatever you want, whatever it will cost me, Name the price to get you to stay here because I understand what I am reaping because of the hand of God in your life. And Jacob says, no, 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 I've served you enough. I'm leaving. It's time for me to go on my own. Let me just say this for a second, is that there will always be people that will try to get you to compromise and to sacrifice the blessing of God to do to they can begin to reap stuff where they have not sown. Can I get a witness, somebody? And it's the law of the harvest where you sow, you will reap. And when we sow things, we will reap. It's, a, it's what the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked, right? It's the law of the harvest. And when we follow the law of the harvest, there'll be people that says, no, whatever it does, I just stay here. We've got to be careful not to sacrifice the blessings of God that God intends for our life and our home and our marriage to compromise something that was never the plan or intention of God. Yet God can bless you in spite of the circumstances around you. Can I get a witness, somebody? But we ought to be careful today. Not necessarily of just what we can get, but we have to be careful of what we allow into our homes. See, we can actually compromise and hurt our homes. And even though God is building something, we can actually undercut the whole thing. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 7 with me. Joshua chapter 7 is a very interesting story. Because you've got to understand today, and if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. You're the gatekeeper to your home. You are the gatekeeper to your home. What you allow into your home will determine and decide how your home operates. Can I get a witness, somebody? You watch a bunch of junk on TV and a bunch of smut. How do you expect God to be there? I'm about to be all up in your business right now, right? How can you expect the presence of God to be in a, in a filthy place of unrighteousness where, where you say, God, I, I know I was watching stuff with, with nudity and, and cursing, but hey, God, come into my house. Oh, I just got real, didn't I? I just lost. Everybody was smiling, having a good time. So they, right? they were just, I just lost them there at that point. But, but how do we, how, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, God doesn't, a holy God does not dwell in an unholy dwelling. It doesn't matter how you break it down. And so the problem is, is when we allow things into our house, the problem is, is it compromises the whole house and God withdraws out of that because the unrighteousness that is living there and permanently abiding there because we've allowed that to happen all of a sudden. Then when there's a crisis, then we begin to have a problem and say, God, get me out of this mess and saying, God, how come there's no peace in my home? How come I, I'm feeling this stuff in my house? How come I feel uneasy in my house? Can I be a witness for a second? Sometimes it's because we've allowed stuff in our house that should have never been there in the first place but now that when it's a problem and it's a big deal then we got a problem with it it's like the cute little animal that just continues to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually it's a problem there's a guy I like to follow on Instagram and I don't remember his name I wish I did because he would just get like hundred extra followers right now, right? You all go follow, 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 right? But the guy, and if you really want, I'll, I'll tell you about it, and I'll tell you what it is. But the guy lives with tigers. Anybody seen this guy? It's amazing. It's like must-watch Instagram. Okay, I'm on my own here. Just keep going by myself, Pastor. Okay, watch this. The guy's like, he's got tigers hanging on him. He's got little tigers, big tigers. I'm talking like, these are like puppies to this guy. And he's got like fully grown things. Like these things are just walking around. Like they're just like, what in the world? And then one day I'm expecting to see count, account deactivate. I'm going to be like, well, who's seen that one coming? I did, right? 
right? Hashtag, it's, you see where this thing's going, right? And he's got the tigers jumping up on him, and, and you're just blown away, and you can go visit the house and, and see this guy swim with all these literal wild safari animals that's rolling through his backyard. I'm glad I'm not his neighbor. Can I get a witness? I'm like, yo, can you get your tiger? He's in my yard again, right? Like, whoa, what's going on here, right? I could become lunch because my neighbor had a bad day and left the gate open, right? Who knows, right? But here we find out that you see that sometimes people allow these little things to grow because they're cute, and eventually they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden it's a crisis when all of a sudden you don't know why your teenager's skipping out and, and leaving and hanging out with him, and you don't know why this is going on. I can tell you why, because you didn't deal with it when they were young. Mm. Train up a child in the way they'll go. When they're old, they shall not depart. That's the word of God, somebody, right? If we want to have holy homes and we want to have holy marriages, it's the little things and behaviors that count that determine what happens in the long term. All of a sudden, we can't wake up and say, I don't know why this happened. Really? Let's wind the clock back a little bit. Today is the day to understand that a home built on a firm foundation is a, a great deal. I'm going to be careful not to divulge too many details because we're now starting to record our preaching and starting to put them on podcasts so people can listen to them. So if you miss church, you can hear what happened, which it was tremendous to hear Bishop Douglas's message. Didn't he do a great job last week? Just fantastic. I got to listen to that, which is why I think, oh, man, we need to have, have our, our services recorded for when people miss for various reasons and they can't be here. They're on vacation. They can still hear the word of God. Amen. So I have to be careful. I don't want to necessarily indulge too many details. But there's sometimes where you, I, I will hear stories and I will, I will talk to someone and say, really, you, you didn't think that was a problem when, when all of a sudden I, I, I can tell you, I can tell you where you went wrong and all of a sudden why you're having two affairs on your wife. I can tell you where the problem happened when you started hanging out and lying and skipping and all of a sudden you started compromising morals and lines that should have never been compromised. I can tell you, they didn't just wake up and say, oh, I didn't realize, here I am, I have an affair with this one, an affair with that one, and, and there's my wife, and I didn't meet, how did I, how, I don't know how this happened. Really, you don't know? I can give you a pretty good idea if you want to walk back the clock with me. The problem is, is we have to draw lines and boundaries in a good place because it will protect us from a dangerous place. And we find this is the problem in Joshua chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, go with me. I'm, I'm quick. Brother Mike, how am I on time? I'm moving, right? We're going. I got a thumbs up. That means I got double time, folks. That's not, that's not, no, no shaking the head. Okay, sorry. Okay. He's still my timekeeper, folks. All right, I'm on time. I'm good. Okay, good. I didn't get to preach last week. I should have like extra time, okay? Can I get extra time, folks? No, okay, no. Glory. Tough crowd still. Okay. Now, let me just, let me just share this with us, and I'll, I'll try to, to, to land the plane. As I feel this is so important. In Joshua chapter 7, if you've got your Bibles, you find that there is a failure that happens here. And you are the gatekeeper to your house. What you allow in makes a big difference. You allow that stuff to, and that's what I was saying, if you allow these things to come in, it could compromise and hurt your house. What you watch will affect your behavior. What you listen to will affect your behavior. I preach this to our teenagers. They're not in here, but I might as well get all up in the business because the, the principle applies to us too. You can't listen to a bunch of crap and then come in and say, God, here I am, and I don't feel the things of God. I can tell you what, it's because we didn't listen to the right stuff. I, I pulled up today. And our neighbors out here listen to some, some uh, um, crazy rap music. I told my wife, I said, you know, I'd like to do is I'd like to bring our speaker out here and bust out some Kirk Franklin. We lift our hands. And my wife was like, don't you dare. I was like, why? I thought it would be hilarious, right? He's got his rap music. I'm going to play. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. Right? All the other neighbors are awake. Might as well listen to something spiritually. Make them church. Why not, right? I didn't do it. I was a good Christian. Judgy people in here. I see the faces. <sighs> Tough crowd. Listen, Brother Wilkes, help me out. Some of these people are judgy. No, watch this. Okay. But, but, but watch this. You, you can't listen to all that stuff and then say, God, I'm, I'm ready to go get into your word. God, I can't watch this and then come just say, oh, I'm ready to just open my Bible now and go get, get in the presence of God. And there comes a point where God wants to give us victory, but maybe the reason we're not getting victory is because of our behavior and our conduct is actually withholding it from coming to pass. It's ready to come to pass, but the reason it's not coming to fruition is our behavior is actually fighting it from happening. 
And this is we find in Joshua chapter 7. And uh, I need to slide down here. We see that, let me just set the, the stage and, uh, okay, here we go, ready? Well, we'll probably, probably go to, to, to verse 12, start in verse 12. Here's the story. God gives Israel the promise. You're going to have victory. You're going to come, you're, you're, you're going to conquer these lands. Joshua conquers the lands. He comes to this, this next battle. And the problem is, is they go and fight the battle, and they are slain in the battle. Joshua is so upset. He comes to God and says, God, why have you allowed this to happen? God, we've served you, and now you've brought us out here, and we're losing people, we're defeated, and we're going to be mocked. And God, why would you do this to us? Valid question. And in verse 12, we find that the Bible says Israel could not stand before their enemies and they turned their backs. And, and, and we find that there's a problem in this is that, that they go and they fight this thing and, and then there's a problem. The problem is in verse 13. If you've got 13, read it with me. Up, sanctify yourself. For Israel has sinned. We find that Israel sinned. And because Israel has sinned, he said, sanctify yourself. There is an accursed thing in the middle of you. Oh, Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. We find that there is a thing in the house that is causing them to be accursed. The defeat at Ai was a man by the name of Achan. And Achan is this guy who they're in battle, and God says, don't take any of this stuff. Don't go do this. Don't grab this stuff. And I'm going to paraphrase and summarize for the sake of time. But he actually grabs some of this stuff, and he goes and he hides it in his tent. He puts it in his house, and he hides it. First of all, let me just say this. If you are hiding stuff, that's usually a sign you shouldn't be doing stuff. If you can't be transparent and you don't have an accountability partner and you're lying to cover stuff up, that's usually a sign something's not right. I'm doing something I shouldn't. Ooh, it's tight in the house, but it's right in the house. Okay, keep preaching. But watch! And as he goes through this, we find that the Lord tells Joshua, call the people to come past before you. And he starts calling them. says, oh, here it is. And it's of this tribe. And he starts calling the tribes. Okay, this tribe, it's of this house. And God begins to speak to the man of God. It's not only in this house, it's of this particular branch of this house. Bring the people. And as the people come before, we find in Joshua chapter 7. Joshua 7, 19. Joshua says to Achan, my son, give thee, I pray you, glory to the Lord. And make confession of him and tell me now what you have done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered, verse 20, and said, indeed, I've sinned against the Lord. That's great. He confesses. But watch. He said, when I saw spoils of a goodly Babylonish garment, he compromises everything for a garment and watch this. 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold of 50 shekels of weight. Then I coveted them and took them. I don't got time to preach this, but we got to be careful what we covet. We have to be careful when we covet things that are of the world, things that are not of God, things that could detour us, things that may not even necessarily be sin, but are just weights. Mm, can I be a witness, somebody? Yeah, sometimes we have to be careful. Can I, can I bear this, right? And he covets us, so he takes them. He said, they're in the middle of my tent and the silver under it. Do you know the cost of the garment and the things? Six, it was a, a, a stealing one garment and the weight of all that was $612.75. That's not a lot. Now, that's probably a lot back in the day, but that's what the equivalent was. It's not even a ton. He sees the beauty of this. And he says, boy, I can... I can grab these things. Now watch what happens. Not only does he do that, we find that Joshua sends messengers. They replace the stuff that is accursed. And then I want you to catch this in verse 24. As they lay them out, Joshua takes Achan and the silver and the gold and his sons and daughters 
and all of his stuff, and he brings them, and he tells Joshua, says, why have you troubled us? And he literally destroys the entire family. Now, that's what the Bible says. Verse 25. And they stoned them and burned the family and burned the goods. And they literally killed his family. Achan's desire was so great that he never intended, I'm sure, to compromise his family. Can I preach for a second in here? Now it just got real. I am sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that Brother Tavares Aiken, when he seen this stuff, he wasn't thinking, oh, what's going to happen? Are you going to destroy my daughter? Was his son worth $612? No, no, no. Was a shirt really worth sacrificing the death of his wife and his family? I don't know if Achan was first to be stoned or he was last to be stoned. But I'm sure as he realized what was happening, can you get the picture that you're looking into the eyes of your family and realize that because of my mistake, my family is about to die? Can you get the picture for me? That as you're looking into their eyes and looking into their souls, I'm sure it does not say that Achan was sorry. It does not say that Achan was pleading. But I am sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that the father was pleading for his family. No, don't do this to my kids. It was my fault. I took it. They didn't even know about it. Do you get the picture? Can you get the dynamic there? That as Achan is crying out for his family. I'm sure that he would have said, don't do this to them. It was me. It was my fault. But at that point, it was too late. The line had been crossed. Achan had already made the decision to allow into his home an accursed thing. And because of that, the only way Israel could get back to right with God and to take the possessions and promises of God is God said you need to eliminate them completely. You cannot even allow one lingering thing. Sounds very unjust, very unmerciful. Why would God, a holy, merciful, righteous, just God, to do this on the kids and the family and and that's a question that you could debate theologically. And there's good scholarly thinking on that. If you want to research it out, research it out. As some people think, well, they probably were uh, 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 um, um, corrupted and contaminated with the same covetousness as, as did they know or did they not know is the question maybe some theologians and scholars begin to say. Is, oh, could this be that they knew that the silver was there and they did not say anything. So they were participants, not necessarily bystanders. And on that thought, I say to you, why would they be participants? Let's all stand. Why would they be participants and not necessarily bystanders? Well, if they're participants, they're as guilty as Achan. Who knew that allowing the garment of $612 would cause the judgment of that day? For you see what we allow into our homes could actually be devastating to future. Not only just to ourselves, but to our future. For we know that we are the gatekeepers. But your home can be different today. Your home can be a home like the Levites. Who the Levites were blessed. The Levites were called and chosen for a purpose, and their purpose exceeded their pleasures. Hear me today. They decided they were going to give up anything of an inheritance in this place to receive an inheritance in that place. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 and 2, the Lord was their inheritance, not their physical ownership. For they decided, I'm not going to have lands. I'm not going to have homes. I'm going to be focused on God. And I end with this. Your home can be different, but the way it is different is by holy habits create holy 
homes. And in the book, The Power of Habits, he talked about their routines unintentionally carry over into other aspects of their life. In the book, Habits, he talks about if you exercise, more likely you're going to eat better and you'll be more productive at work. And, and he said you have holy habits. This habit here has an effect on other areas of your life. Today, we need to adopt some holy habits in our homes. What are some holy habits? We're going to pray before we go to bed as a family. If you don't have kids and you don't do bedtime prayers, you should start now. It's a great opportunity to create that. If you don't pray with your spouse, you ought to pray with your spouse. You ought to have a devotional time where you sit down and say, we're going to read and talk about the Bible. We're going to do a Bible story. Whether it's praying before you go to bed or praying in the morning. If you have kids that are older, can I just give you an idea of a holy habit? Start a text devotional and have every kid take a different day. Tomorrow your day is to share something in the text thread. A scripture, a thought. What a blessing that would be to have an ongoing conversation with your kids where they know, today I'm going to have some conversation with mom and dad about the Bible. If nothing else, I'm gonna hit, we're going to have some dialogue about the word of God. There are things in our life that we have to understand that are holy habits that make up holy homes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, what you do now creates a habit in your life. What you do today is what will begin to define your life, your kids. For we understand that what we do will help craft who we are. And there are certain marks of holy homes, holy kids, holy children of God. You are a child of God today. Let me ask you, is your home pleasing unto God? Is it a pleasing place where you can sit down and say, I'm going to, these are house rules. Everybody has house rules. Amen? Where you take your shoes off at the door. Perhaps, maybe this is one that we're trying, no phones at the table, which is a really good one. The other day, my five-year-old said, Mom, no phone at the table. And I said, ho, ho, ho. Oh, the rule keeper's up in this place. So I had to slide my phone to the side. See, you didn't say no watches. She said no phones, right? I got my... There's house rules. What does is, what is your home look like in the eyes of God? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we often quote, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all thy might. But watch this. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. And talk of them when you sit in the house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lay down. And when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign. And you shall write them on the post of your house and on the gates. What is that? It's reminding you. This is holy habits. Holy conversation. A holy place. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to know a holy place. A place where they feel the peace of God. A place of prayer. A place where we can read the word of God together. I want them to have a relationship with God. Not just by dad's relationship with God or mom's relationship with God. I want them to have their own relationship with God. That one day when mom is gone and dad is gone and we're no longer here, they know how to get to the presence of God. Today is your day to begin to decide, I'm going to start to do some holy habits. Do you read your devotion in the morning? Do you do your devotion at night? When do you 
begin to get into the presence of God. Today is a day of commitment to say, I'm going to start some new house rules today. I'm going to start some new habits for my home, whether it's starting a text conversation of devotionals with the kids, not just, hey, how are you doing today, but hey, what scripture are you reading today? What a cool idea. I wonder if today we could come down to the front and find a place where we could make a commitment and consecration to say, God, I want your presence and your blessing and your protection to be on my home, on my kids, on my marriage, on me. God, I want to be blessed. God, I want people in my life to be blessed because of me. I wonder if you could come down and I wonder if you would find a place where you could pray. I wonder if you would just take a few moments and this isn't something that is is going to to, to be the moment where you're going to say, oh God, in a travail. But I wonder if right now you begin to link together and say, God, we're going to start to pray together before we go to bed. God, me and my wife, we're going to read a devotional together. God, today is the day I'm going to begin to teach my kids so my kids and my grandkids would know, oh, mom and dad, they prayed together. Mom and dad, they, they read this together that I want my kids to know that before they ever started, this is something that I did, not because of them, but I did this before they were even around. I wonder if today is a day where you can begin to decide, God, help me, speak to me today, God, of how to lead. And I wonder if you would pray even a little further and say, God, help me, God, to remove the accursed thing, whether it's the internet or whether it's cable or whether it's TV shows or whether it's music or whether it's stuff that's in this place. I wonder if you would pray, God, speak to me today, God. If I've got things in my midst that is unpleasing to you, God, reveal it to me that I would remove that stuff, God. I wonder if you would pray, God, help me, oh God, that I may remove things that do not please you. God, help me, oh God, that I may find your holiness and your presence in, God, my home, God. That when I sit in the home, God, I would know who you are. That, God, when I sit there and we do time of devotion, God, we would understand that, Lord, you're a holy God. You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God. Lord, I thank you today, Jesus, for what you're going to do. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we lift you up today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that, Lord God, we would begin to know you, that we would begin to follow you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, right now. Hallelujah. That's it. I wonder if you would pray that, God, show me things that are hurting me. Show me things that are detouring me. Show me things, God, that are distracting me. Oh, Jesus, God, I want to have a home that's pleasing unto you. Help me, God, that I would have a marriage that's pleasing unto you. Help me, God, that I would have a relationship that's pleasing unto you. Help me, oh God, that I would draw some lines and a boundaries. For God, I don't want to be like Achan, oh God, that is not necessarily a bystander, but I've allowed people to become participants in God, not even thinking about this. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help me. Oh, God, help us today, I pray. That's it. Jesus, I want you at the center of it all, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, help me today, Father. Help me, oh God, if it's been a week and I haven't opened my Bible. Help me, oh God, that Lord God, it's been a week and I haven't prayed. Help me, oh God, if it's been a week and I haven't listened to worship music. Help me, oh God, that I have not prepared myself for your presence. Help me, oh God, that I have not prepared myself, God. That, God, I've sustained and fed, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help us, oh, today. God, help me, oh, God. Rekindle a fire. Rekindle a consuming passion, oh, God. For, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, help me today. Oh, Jesus, I thank you today, God. Oh, Jesus, I thank you today, God. Jesus, help me, oh God. Help me, oh Father, that I may live a life, God, that is pleasing unto you. Help me, oh God, that more people would be impacted, God. 
people I live with, God, would see the light. People that I would impact would be blessed, God. People I work with would be blessed, God. People I know would be blessed, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help me to draw lines and boundaries and safeguards, God, that I may be transparent and open and honest with you. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you right now. I want you to pray that God reveal an accursed thing unto me. If there's things in my house, God, help me, God. I want to get rid of them. I don't want them to destroy my kids. I don't want them to destroy my family. I don't want them to destroy my future. I don't want them to destroy the promises of God. I don't want them to destroy the victories, God, that you've given me. God, help me today, God, that I not fall into a trap of deception. Help me, God, that I love truth, God. Help me today, God, that I love you today, God. That, Lord, I love you with all my mind all my soul, with all my strength, God, that, Lord, my kids would know that way, that, God, my grandkids would know that way, that, God, generations beyond would know that way, that, God, we love the truth, God, and sell it not, God, that, Lord, we would buy it and not sell it freely, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today, Lord, help us, oh, God, help us, oh, God. Help us, oh Father. I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, Lord, we come before you. Lord, I want your presence to be in my home. I want your presence to be in my marriage, God. I want your presence to be in this place. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh Father, I pray. Lord, I lift you up right now in the name of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, almighty God. Thank you, oh awesome God. In the name of Jesus, God, lead us, guide us, help us. Help us, oh Jesus, God. Mm. I want us to pray a prayer of commitment right now. Because we can hear a message like this and then just say, okay, I'm back to normal. I'll do it next week. I'll do it tomorrow. I wonder if you could pray and say, God, I want to commit to you, not to pastor, not to my neighbor, not to my friends, but I want to commit to you to put some lines and some things, some holy habits in my place, in my life. Amen. I wonder if you would just pray that out loud to the Lord, not, not for anyone else to hear, but I wonder if you would verbalize that to the Lord, say, God, help me today. God, help me that I would know you, that I would prepare, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that, Lord, you would lead each person individually, God, of how they may operate, for, Father, I pray that, God, it may be a little thing, but, God, that may make a big difference, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help us today, that, God, we commit unto you some things, some habits, God, that will sustain and identify. There'll be a testimony and a light in the name of Jesus. This morning, see, you're the keeper of your home and there will always be this struggle to try to pull. This morning, this is such a great analogy that I was like, oh, I'm gonna be able to use that in my sermon. For the last week, really the last 10 days, leading up to, to Disney, I was playing nothing but Disney songs all the time for my daughter. So she would know them and hear them and say, oh, boom, here we are. So it's been like nonstop Disney playlists, right? Genie of the lamp, you know, I, I can, I, I've heard so many songs. So this morning my daughter got in the car and guess what she wanted to listen to? 
Dad, can we listen to Disney songs? Said, no, baby, we can't. On our way to church, we want to prepare our, our hearts and listen to church songs. No, Dad, I want to listen to princess songs. He said, baby, I said, we're going we're gonna to listen to some church songs. We listen to kids' church songs. How about that? No, I want to listen to Disney songs. He said, well, I hate to break to you, but we're going to listen to some church songs. So Dad's putting his church songs in. We listen to church songs. Did she love it? No, she got ticked off at me. You know what, though? I'm teaching her. We're preparing ourselves. When we go to the house of God, we prepare ourselves before we get to the house of God. I'm teaching her a habit. She's not going to abide by it all the time. Can I get a witness somebody, right? It's not going to be easy all the time, but it's a habit. That I'm saying when we go to the house of God, we prepare ourselves before we get to the house of God. There's habits that we can put into place that will prepare us that we may know God. Amen. Today, I challenge you that this, this may not be a message that you shout from the chandeliers, but will change your home and your kids and their life forever if you'll, if you'll grasp this power. Amen. As we get ready to do our dismissal prayer, I challenge you to think of some things that you can do in your life. Think of ways that God can lead you, your home, your family. There was a CEO. I worked for a massive fitness company, uh, as, and I worked for the vice president of human resources, and I ended up finding out the CEO was a hardcore Christian is what they labeled him. So one day, me and him were shooting Nerf basketball in the lobby, and he was very competitive, and I was very competitive, and I was, I was practicing to beat him. So I was out in the lobby shooting Nerf Nerf basketball, this is the things that you do at work, right? So as I'm shooting basketball, right, that's going to get you a promotion, right? No, no. And, and as I'm shooting, he comes walking down. She says, I said, you up for a game? He goes, I'll play you once. So I said, come on, homeboy. So I start shooting. I said, by the way, I said, uh, I hear you're a Christian. He goes, I am. He said, I would consider myself devout. And I said, really? I said, what do you do? He goes, every morning, me and my kids wake up at 6 a.m. and we do a devotion. Now, he had like five kids. I'm talking like four or five years old, all the way up to like 10, 11 years old. I was like, you guys wake up that early? He goes, every morning. I said, I've never missed a devotion with my kids. Even when I travel, I call home and we do devotion. And I remember thinking, wow, I am nowhere near a morning person to do that. Can I get a witness? But you know what? I realized what a testimony. What a powerful testimony. One day I seen him. He worked all night. He literally was at the office all night. He said, I went home. I showered. I said, man, you look tired this morning. He goes, I was here all night. I said, how'd you do devotion? He goes, I went home. I showered. I did devotion with my kids. I'm back here this morning at the office all day. You know what that is? That's a habit that he's not going to compromise. It doesn't matter what comes in his life. He's decided he's not going to compromise. Can I tell you something? That's the type of habits that I aspire to, to create in my home with my family and my kids. And I challenge you today. It's not only just for your home. It's also a great testimony for people. For them to say, oh, we do devotion every morning with mom or dad. We do devotion with the kids or grandkids. I'm here today to tell you. You have an opportunity to impact your legacy by putting some stuff that are holy habits in your kids. Amen? Amen. We're so thankful that you're here today. Uh, we understand that worship is uh, not necessarily just an event, but it is a lifestyle. And we have a challenge for all of our guests. If you're a first-time guest here, it's called the Stick Six Challenge. We challenge you to come six straight times. And by coming six times, we feel like it will give you some information that you'll say, hey, this is where I want to grow. This is where I want to spend time in the house of God. This is where my family can plant some roots and we can grow forth. We challenge you to come. There's more information in our lobby and our first impressions and next step booths. But we would encourage you to, to take the six, the stick six challenge and join us. Amen. That's like a tongue twister. Amen. And uh, our scripture of the week is our unshakable scripture of the week. We're going to do that right after we pray. Would you bow your heads and pray with me right now? 
And let's pray that God would help us today. Let us pray right now that the Lord would help us to develop these habits in these homes. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, God, by the power and authority of your word, that, Lord, you would touch us today. Lord, I pray, God, that we would begin to develop some habits, God, for my kids and my grandkids, God, for future generations, God, that they would understand what that looks like. And, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help us, God, that we may be a testimony to people and a testimony to friends and a testimony, God, that, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, right now, that, Lord, we would help to create change and to spread light. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will help us, Lord, that God, we would begin to be pleasing unto you in every area. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the church say, amen. Amen. Last but not least, our scripture of the week, which we are on week 22 of 22 weeks. Every week we're trying to memorize one verse of scripture. This week is Luke 24 and 47. Let's all read it out loud. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. We challenge you to memorize the unshakable scripture of the week. Remember, by the end of the year, we're going to have memorized 52 scriptures. Amen. Shake hands with two, three, four, five people. Shake hands with somebody. Smile at them real big. Say, it's so good to see you this morning. Have a... Great Memorial Day in remembrance. And we will see you this week at group.